You're listening to the teaching ministry of Anchor Church. We exist to connect each person to Jesus, His Word, and His mission. We hope this message encourages you in your faith and guides you closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at anchorchurchcsra.com. Thank you for joining us today. May this message draw you closer to God. tonight our message series on the simplest way to change the world. You got it, all right? Our third and final installment in this little mini-series, and we'll be back in the book of Acts next week. I can't wait because a discipleship pastor over at Quest Church over in Grovetown, uh, home of the new Merging Diamond that has now made its debut today at 2 p.m. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Over there off of uh, Gateway Boulevard. Uh, yeah, yeah, the big Merging Diamond everybody's freaking out about, but Dusty is one of the pastors over at Quest Church. He's a good friend of mine. He was supposed to come and preach for us in October of this past year, uh, but, but he had a heart attack like, like the day he was coming. And so I told him to knock it off, you know, and, and you know, come on, come on back this time with no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, we're we're def, de- definitely praying for him. He's a good friend of mine and he's doing great now. Uh, the doctors hooked him up really nice and took good care of him and he's doing great. So he's gonna be with us next week. So make sure you high five him. On the way in, let him know that you are excited. He's here. You will be blessed, I promise, all right? So it's going to be great. Uh, John chapter 1, like I said, tonight's message, if you want to just write it at the top, if you're a note taker, I encourage you to take notes tonight. The title of the message is simply, Found People, Find People. And I want you to repeat that after me. Ready, set, go. Found people, find people. Yeah, I should have said say it with me, not repeat it after me, but y'all, y'all, we were there. We're good. We're good, all right? All right, maybe I had one, two, uh, one cup of coffee too many, but that's okay. That's okay. We're going to make it. Found people, find people. And I want to do this to start out with. There's, there's a poem that I love. It was turned into a song by an artist named Leland, uh, which is who we named our second born son after. And um, he came out with a song called The Great Awakening because this poem was written about the time of the Great Awakening. And here's what the lyrics are. Ready? One man awake awakens another. The second one awakens his next door brother. The three awake can rouse a town by turning the whole place upside down. The many awake can cause such a fuss. It finally awakens the rest of us. One man up with dawn in his eyes, surely then it multiplies. And that was from Lawrence Tribble around the time of the great awakening. And here's what the poem says. It says that it starts with a spark. It starts with a, an obedient human being made in the image of God. One single obedient person to the word of God, to the plan of God, to change this world through the love of Jesus Christ. Just one person on track with that can turn a whole city upside down. And we have seen that time and time and time again. And we underestimate it. I know, I do too. I go, really, Lord, my obedience is that important? Your obedience is that, like, like just one single spark can really start a wildfire of spiritual growth? And we all say yes and amen, right? Just one. But imagine, church, what we together, the 80 or so that are gathered on this campus tonight, all of us tonight gathered around this glorious gospel and our great and mighty God, and if we can get around, found people, find people. Guys, Evans and Martinez and Columbia County and the CSRA is never gonna be the same. Because guess what's gonna happen? So many more people are gonna have Jesus Christ as an anchor for their soul. 
So many more people are gonna be connected to Jesus, his word, and his mission because it's not just about getting saved. It's about getting on board with the mission and realizing that you have a purpose beyond nine to five, nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. Yay, the weekend's here. I get to chill. Then nine to five, nine to five, and just running the rat race and making money and all these different things that sometimes we think life is about. And yes, even as great as family is, family is is not an idol, right? Family is a design and blessing from God to expand his glory. And we love family, but family isn't even the point of everything. Jesus is the point of our lives. He is our glorious anchor. And so we share what matters most. If you hang around me enough, you're gonna hear about barbecue, you're gonna hear about what else, Tabor? What else, what else are you gonna hear about if you hang around me long enough? Music, yeah, something about music. David, you got anything, man? No, that's it, barbecue, music, and Jesus. That's about it, coffee too, amen? Amen, Kathy, there, there we go. So, all right, so that's it. But like, what are you passionate about? What are you really passionate about when it comes down to it? Yes, I know a lot of us in here would be like, Jesus, amen, and I believe you, okay? But like, what do you actually talk about with people? What comes up again and again and again without effort? What just leaks from your heart? I've got more questions for you. I actually have four questions that are really gonna get us thinking tonight, okay? And I hope I can just stir up some thought, get us around the word tonight, and we can leave here a little bit different than when we walked in. Can we do that? Amen. All right. Let's pray real quick. Lord, change our hearts, change our lives tonight. Your word says about itself that never returns to you empty. And Lord, the reason is because you are speaking and you are powerful. And Lord, I don't change anyone's life. There's not an illustration or funny story or limerick or whatever, Lord, that I could say that supersedes your powerful word, a double-edged sword that pierces our hearts, judges our thoughts and attitudes, and loves us all the way to the cross of Calvary. So Lord Jesus, have your way in this place. Holy Spirit of God, empower me to be your servant and to put you on display for your glory alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, the first question out the gate, ready? John chapter one, and here's our question. What are you looking for? Like, even when you came tonight, like, what are you looking for? What really matters to you? And there are lots of ways we can tell this. We can, we can look at our schedules, amen? We can look at our calendars and see what matters. We can look at our bank statement and see what matters, right? We can look in our driveways, in, in our homes, What's, what's hanging up on your walls? What kind of messaging? If there are pictures of your family everywhere, I bet you love your family, right? There's Hobby Lobby scripture phrases around your home, I, I bet you love the word of God, right? And different things like that. What are you really looking for? And we're talking about a clear purpose in life because there's one thing that many people are lacking. Even many times Christians, if you call yourself a Christian, you could definitely be in this boat. Lacking a clear purpose yeah, I'm following Jesus, but like, what does that mean? What am I really supposed to be doing? Because everything else that the world tells us is supposed to give us purpose doesn't actually do that. It falls way short. Our career is supposed to give us purpose. 
It doesn't. You, you can try. You can go to school for a long time and get your degree, and, or maybe not. Or maybe just jump straight into work, and you work your way up the ladder and get promoted and all this other stuff. But for what? But for what? What does it ultimately matter? What is the ultimate thing that we're looking for? Let's jump into verse 35. The next day, John, that's John the Baptist, he was the forerunner. He was, he was there, just a quick note on John, in case you don't know who John the Baptist is. He was this guy that came before Jesus and he walked the earth and he said, he said to everyone who would listen, listen, listen to what he says. When, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Here's the easiest way to know what John the Baptist did. He came before Jesus to say, look at him. Look at him, look at him. And that is... Our job, if we're in Christ, it is to say, look at him. Look, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Don't look at me. Look at, look at him. He'll change your life. So he says, look, the, the Lamb of God, another gospel account says, who takes away the sins of the world. Verse 37, the two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked this question. What did he ask, friends? What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? What did Jesus reply with? Come and you'll see, he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying and stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. So, much to say about this question. What are you looking for? Not who are you looking for, but what are you looking for? What are your motives? Because scripture says that God is not just concerned about the what, but he's concerned about the why. We can do all the right things for all the wrong reasons, and God's not pleased with that. In fact, we can even do things, uh, maybe not to par, but do them with the right heart. And God is way more pleased with us doing things from a right heart that achieve what we would call in this world mediocre results. I'm not saying mediocrity is great. I can't stand mediocrity, okay? So I'm not, I'm not saying I'm satisfied with mediocrity. I'm just saying that sometimes we have it backwards. God's all about the heart. Jesus was all about the heart. And followers of Jesus desperately need to ask this question, even if you are not a follower of Christ, even if you're just still kicking the tires on Christianity, you can still ask yourself the question, what am I really after? What is life really all about? Jesus said in Luke 19.10, he made it real clear, the purpose. He said it in a succinct verse of scripture why he came. He said, I came, you remember this one? to seek and to save the lost. And I want you, guys, I'm serious. You can play a role in someone crossing over into eternal life. I want you to really hear that tonight. So I think there are a lot of you in here that have heard that before. Like you've heard that said, but you still, if you're really honest, you still don't believe it. Me, really? I don't know, I'd, excuse, 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 right? or just these different reasons why you couldn't be involved in that. But guys, I'm here to just remind you and to tell you lovingly, but also in a challenging kind of way, you could shift eternity for someone. 
If you will get behind what we're talking about tonight and move your faith to your feet and go and do what we're saying. And I'm just convinced that there's several of you here tonight that are going to finally jump into this. That maybe you're at the point, Dave Ramsey calls it uh, being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right? You kind of get to that point. Sometimes we call it a crisis of faith in the church, or sometimes we just call it a crisis in general. We just have this freak out moment. And those moments are designed by God to get us uncomfortable so that we can go, I'm just tired of saying I'm going to do it. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out there. Found people, find people. And so we want to make Christ's purpose our purpose. And so as Christ's disciples, we're asked, we're called to ask people these same questions. I was sitting at Waffle House before church a few weeks ago. I was just up at the little Waffle House bar. That's where I fell in love with coffee, by the way. Um, it was actually at Waffle House. I was 20 years old. It was 5 a.m. I was getting ready to go to my teaching clinicals down near Georgia Southern University, and I was crammed into a tiny booth with four grown dudes, and we all got all-star specials, so you know the food was just everywhere, just like off the shelves, and I think I had a waffle on my shoulder. It was crazy, and we were just crammed in there, and then they just slid some coffee over, and that was, that, that was, that was it. It was Waffle House's coffee. So anyway, I went back to, I mean, just, just, just to be honest, as I'm thinking about this in my own life and heart, I go, I can, I can make a strong effort to go sit at that Waffle House bar before church and just see what God does. And lo and behold, in walks a guy named Dennis. And Dennis gets off his moped. And we're talking there at the bar. And then Heaven's working behind the counter. Heaven. Heaven's right there. And there's another worker. I cannot remember her name for the life of me, but she was there. And, um, and she was super nice. But we were all just having a chat about this. Because push came to shove. And I didn't just like plop down. I'm just like, what's the anchor for your soul? You know, just like make it super weird. And you know, like you can't, you can't do that. Okay. Don't make it weird. That's, that's what a lot of us are afraid of. Right. But we already know what, where that boundary is. Like just sit down and be a real person. Just start talking to people. Hey, what's your name? Hey, what? And so we, we got to talking and eventually we got there. Like the Holy Spirit just took care of it. And I was like, you know, I, I like to ask myself this question a lot. Like, what, you know, what really anchors me? Because life is crazy. Things happen every week. We're all going through stuff. So, like, what really grounds you? And they start sharing and all that. And then eventually we're just, we're just sharing the gospel there in Waffle House. I'm telling you, this stuff works. Like, like, if we do what God says, if we just take the truth and go live it out, watch what God will do. And there are a lot of y'all that know what I'm talking about because you've seen it time and time again. And so, I want to ask a second question tonight. Write, write this one down. Who are you bringing? Who are you bringing? And we're talking about intentional outreach. Outreach is kind of a churchy word we use sometimes. And what we mean is that it's not just about what happens in this room. It's not just about what happens in our community groups. It's not just about this church family. It's about outside of the brick and mortar, it's in our communities. The church scattered is what I'm talking about. We, we're gathered now, but we're gonna scatter in a little bit. And we're gonna spend more time out there than we do in here. And so this is just to get us around the mission and then we get to go beyond mission, out there. So consider this, like I say sometimes, this is like the halftime speech in the locker room, okay? And then we're gonna go play the game. 
all right? And so who are you bringing? Let's dig into verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. So you've got Andrew and you've got John. There, they, they were the first two disciples where Jesus said, come and see. And so they followed him. But listen to verse 41. I want you to underline this in your copy of God's word. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, we found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. In case you're unfamiliar with Christ, with what that word means, and we say Jesus Christ, Christ wasn't his last name. I had somebody ask me that one time. They were just like, man, is, Christ, is it like Jesus' first name, Christ's last name? No. Jesus means Lord, means it's like king, right? Christ, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus is Lord, and then, and then Christ is anointed one. It's the anointed one that we've heard about the whole Bible, the anointed one coming, the Messiah that God has promised is coming, but that speaks to his kingship. So it's more like a title. So he says, we found him. And guys, we're seeing these two verses come to life here at Anchor Church because people are doing what Andrew was doing. Andrew was always found in scripture. Whenever you see Andrew, he's bringing people to Jesus. And I could point to so many of you in the room and those people who I would point to in the room would probably prefer I not call them out in the middle of the service. But I'm just gonna tell you, we got a lot of y'all around here that keep bringing people to Jesus. And I wanna thank you so much for that. And I wanna say, I do believe that we're gonna see more of that and we're gonna see more of you engage with that mission. But here's, here's where we're seeing people come to Jesus because, and let me, let me tell you what it's not because of first, actually. It's not because of the church sign. Even though that was great, we got to put one up. We couldn't put one up at the school when we first started meeting. It only let us have a sign up for like four hours on a Sunday morning. That was about it. So to have the visibility that we have on Bel Air Road, it's an enormous blessing, okay? I mean, it has been. But no one has come like, yeah, I saw your sign and I'm here. That happens sometimes at churches. I saw the sign I came in. I mean, I've, I, mean I, have, I have heard that said. But here's what we hear over and over again. Three things, ready? Here, these are the top three things. Honest to goodness. Number one, relationship and connection. You are probably sitting here right now because you know someone in Anchor Church. They knew someone from Anchor. Raise your hand if that's true of you. You, am I lying? I mean, like, <laughs> like seriously. So that's awesome. That's exactly how it should be because what do, what do we see in the scripture here? Who, who is Simon Peter? He was his brother. He was Andrew's brother. He found first his own brother. And some of y'all have done that. You've invited family. You've invited close friends, coworkers, every, neighbors. What else? Well, we said already, invitation. At some point, you were invited to something that Anchor was doing that was gospel-centered, and you're here. And then investment. Someone invested in your spiritual journey. By the way, by doing those other two things we talked about through the relationship, through, through the invitation, they care about your spiritual journey. That's why they invited you in the first place. And we need each other along this spiritual journey to pour into one another. But Andrew is always bringing people to Jesus and bringing people to Jesus is as elementary as it gets when it comes to the Christian faith. Man, we can talk theology all night long. And theology is important. We take it really seriously around here. So we need to know the correct uh, attributes of God. We, we need to know more intimately the God that we worship. But what is most important? That we gather around the idea that it is good to bring people to Jesus. 
over and over and over again. And it is as simple as that. An invite can change your life. Pull out that card real quick. And here's, what, here's the reason why you have this card tonight. Because what we want you to do is we want you to select five people that you are going to not only pray for, but you are going to connect with over the next five weeks. And yes, I pray that you connect with them past the five weeks, okay? And maybe you've already been connecting. But I want you to think about who these five people might be in your life. And don't worry, if you don't, if you don't have a card, I think we got some people sprinting to make sure we got some more, okay? But I want you to go ahead and be thinking about who this is in your life. And now, why, why the five weeks? Well, because Easter's in five weeks. And I'm just gonna tell you up front, this is not just a get people to, to Easter at anchor move, okay? But it was, it was just an opportune time to do this initiative. And plus, for some of us, it's a good idea, if this is something you're new to, to start with a small chunk, to take a baby step. Like we talked about last week, Christianity, our faith is full of small, faithful steps of obedience in a long-term direction of following Jesus. So as we're going throughout the night tonight, I just want you to begin to jot some names down that come to mind. Keep leaning into the sermon, but if there's somebody that God just lays on your heart, and I believe he will, out of the blue, go ahead and write their name down. We want you to pray for them. We want you to take them out to coffee or to lunch. If coffee's not your thing, then, then go share a meal together. Invite them over for dinner. Begin to connect and invite them to Easter at Anchor. We, we have invite cards on the way out at the anchor point at that, at that curved desk when you're walking in. We have invite cards stationed there for you to grab on the way out. And we're gonna have some more of those soon. We're gonna try to get some smaller ones so y'all can keep them in your wallet and have some, uh, you know, just a smaller option there. But that's what these cards are for, these five for five cards. But here's, here's um, the question we're gonna ask before we move on. Who is not following Jesus right now because they are waiting on you to come? And that's not a guilt trip, friend. That's just an honest question. There's someone that God in his sovereignty right now has placed you around and they're waiting on a knock from the door. They're at the cubicle right, the, the cubicle right next to you and they're waiting on you to walk over and ask them if they wanna have lunch on their lunch break. And I can promise you one thing, it'll be awkward when you do it. Amen? It'll be kind of awkward. But can I tell you something else? It may be awkward, but it is always worth it because they are valuable to the Lord. And I know they're valuable to you. So here's the third question tonight. As we continue on, do you know who you are? Now we're gonna come at it from a different angle. Do you know who you are? Go, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm Brandon. I like coffee and barbecue and Jesus and music. Enough said, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what you're interested in. I'm not talking about what your career path is. I'm not talking about what TV shows that you binge watch on Netflix or Hulu. I'm talking about a confident identity that is rooted in God himself, in Christ. Let's read verse 42. When Jesus saw him, he saw Peter, but he, you know, his name is Simon at this point. That's, that's his given name. He says, you are Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. And here's the deal. When we're brought to Jesus and found in him, 
He calls us by name, but he gives us an identity that is rooted in him. Now, why did Jesus name Peter rock? That's what Cephas means. That's what Peter meant, rock or stone. Think about like a smaller stone, but a strong rock. Why would he name him that? Because he was gonna be a leader in the church. God had a plan for him. So this wasn't who Peter was currently. This was who he was going to make him into being. This was his destiny. And I know we may not have those like nicknames that God literally gave us. You know, we each have like a bonus nickname when we come to the Lord. But guys, in scripture, we can read who we are. We can read what the word says about the righteous and the pure in heart. The word calls us blessed, amen? Romans 8 calls us more than conquerors, amen? The scriptures say that we are children of God, amen? That we are a kingdom of priests, amen? That we are a nation, that we are a family, that we're a blessed family of God. I mean, we have all these things that we could just roll out and roll out and roll out. But Peter, his identity needed to be established before he could embrace the mission. And I would say the same thing to you tonight. Maybe the thing that has held you back from taking this next step in found people, find people, and going to bring people to Jesus is that your identity is not completely rooted in Jesus Christ. Can I share a scripture verse of what I'm talking about? The Apostle Paul writes in Galatians, second chapter, verse 20. This is what he says about his identity, ready? I've been crucified with Christ. Lean into this. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know what Paul says? He says, the old me is dead and gone, but Jesus lives in me. You wanna know who I am? I am, my identity is so wrapped up in Christ that what ought to happen is you ought to see Jesus in what comes out. You ought to see Jesus in my actions, in my attitudes, in my words. When people look at your life and they listen to what you say, they see what you don't say and you don't do and what you do and, and how, again, like we said earlier, how our faith grows feet and begins to walk and puts the love of God into action. When they see that, they see Jesus. And so we begin our ministry or, or new chapters of our ministry. Maybe this is a new chapter of ministry for you. Yes, yeah, Satan's gonna attack the identity. He's gonna always attack your identity. You wanna know how I know? because it only takes four chapters into the Gospel of Matthew, right after Jesus gets baptized and the Father is, in, is, is looking down upon him and the Spirit descends and he says, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to everything he's gonna do. Right after that, Jesus is in the wilderness. The Spirit leads him there to be tempted by the enemy. And what does Satan say? If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, if you really are the Son of God, than such and such, temptation one. If you are the son of God. And guys, he's gonna do the same thing with you if he has not already. He will attack your identity. He will try to get you to think, no, my identity's not wrapped up in Christ, it's wrapped up in something else. It's wrapped up in a person. We haven't even gone there yet. Maybe your identity's wrapped up in a relationship instead of in Christ, or your career, or the interests, or your affinity groups, or whatever. And so, let's reel it back in. For Jesus calls us to something great. He wants our identity to be set. 
Because what's the most important thing? It's not just what we do, it's who we are while we're doing it. There are a lot of pastors that need to hear that. There are a lot of ministry workers that need to hear that. And there are a lot of Christians that need to be reminded of that tonight. We all do, right? We have to make sure that we don't lose who we are in Christ as we're carrying out this mission. Because we can get real proud about some check boxes, y'all. But who are you while you're accomplishing the mission? I want to be like Jesus. What about you? Am I always like Jesus? Nope. Not at all. Not at all. But when I'm not, the Holy Spirit convicts me and brings me back to this point saying, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Be like him. Let your identity be in him. Let's read a few more verses before we close tonight. Let's pick it up in verse 43. So the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and he told him, follow me. So who gets found? Philip. So now we got Philip involved. Philip was awesome. Philip's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Now Philip was from Bethsaida and the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found who? Nathaniel, also Bartholomew, they, they're, they're the same guy. I can explain that after, the, just, just come find me after service and I will explain it because we don't have time to get into that. But. And he told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and so did the prophets. By the way, the left side of your Bible is often summed up as the law and the prophets, okay? So the, so the Old Testament, we found him. We found this Messiah, this anointed one, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. This captures his humanity and his divinity in one verse, right? Jesus was fully God, fully man. Verse 46, here's what Nathaniel asked. Here's the kind of questions he was asking. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel asked him. Then Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him. And listen to what he says about him. He says, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. You know what Jesus says? He says, Hey, you may still be putting pieces together, but at least you tell it like it is, brother. At least you're genuine. There's a lot to be said for authenticity, and Jesus appreciated that. Verse 48, he says, how do you, how do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. Rabbi, Nathaniel replied, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And this brings us to our fourth question. This is where we're gonna end tonight. Do you believe in greater things? I want you to ask yourself that tonight. Do I believe that God really can do the impossible? The things where I would just say, in my honesty, as a human being, flawed and all and in need of a savior, there ain't no way. There's no way. There's no way. I can try, but I'm, I'm just not seeing it. Do you believe in greater things? Listen to Jesus' response. He says, do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And then he said, truly I tell you, whenever Jesus says truly I tell you, we need to perk up. You will see heaven opened and the angels of God descending, ascending and descending on the Son of man. This is what Jesus says. 
He says, yeah, I gave you some evidence of my miraculous power, but if you think that was great, you better buckle up, dude. I'm about to blow your mind. And I don't know what, what really, like if you call yourself a Christian in the room, I don't know what that was for you that really got your attention. Maybe it was something God did in your life. Maybe it was a word through, through a friend. Maybe it was a verse you read. But here's what I believe that Jesus is saying to you tonight through the scriptures, this application of his word. Here it is for us. Whatever that was for you, whatever it is that you would say, yes, I would testify to God doing this and this and that. He's going to do greater things in your midst. He's about to blow things wide open in your life and in my life. And I believe he's blowing things wide open for us and our presence in the life of this church. He's doing it. We're witnessing it. It is nothing short of a work of God, what we are seeing here at Anchor Church. And I believe that we will see even greater things. First thing we have when it comes to audacious faith, God calling us to believe things that sound ridiculous to this world, but that are very true and that magnify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is first the promise of Christ. That's what he says. This, this word from Jesus, this is a promise for us, friends. A promise to claim tonight. A promise that is meant to not only give you peace, but a promise that is meant to empower you into ministry. If you ever find yourself saying, I could never do such and such, you are correct. And I could never. I would never want to in my own power and neither would you because we must have the power of God working in us and through us. And so yes, Jesus saves. He died on the cross for us to forgive us of our sin, to make us reunited and reconciled with our God. He did that free of charge to us even though it cost him everything. And it's by grace through faith that we are saved. And even though Jesus accomplished that, great work, he still uses us in that process to lead someone home, to help someone have an anchor. Do not discount, friends, what God can do through you. Don't underestimate it. Lean into it. It makes you uncomfortable, good. Jesus said, step one is deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him, amen. We don't always like amen in that verse, right? But it's true. It's not only about the promise of Christ, it's about the invitation. Because that's what he says in 51. He says, you're gonna see heaven open. The angels of God ascending and descending. You know what that's about? It's about the fact that Jesus is the link between heaven and earth. You wanna know what heaven's like? You wanna know more about your afterlife? It comes through Jesus. He is the link. He is the anchor. He is all you need. He really is. If everyone else turned their back on you, Jesus would be enough. That is what he himself promises. So let's pray together. Father, I pray that if there is anyone in this room that needs peace with you, that would say in their honest heart right now that they do not have a relationship with you. 
Father, I pray that you would draw them to yourself now, just like the word of God says, just like John chapter six says, Lord, your glorious word says that no one comes unless you draw them. So Lord, draw hearts now. Holy Spirit of God, stir souls to do two things, Lord, to turn from their sin and to trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God, help someone tonight pray in their heart an honest prayer that says, Jesus, I turn from my sin and I trust in you as my King and my Savior. Help me follow you all my days. I pray that someone prays a prayer like that tonight, Lord, and that you would hear them in the genuine and authentic spirit in their heart and you would save them, bring them from death to life, Lord. Father, I pray for the cards that are all around this room, Lord. This is just a piece of paper with some ink on it. Father, I pray that none of these cards, not a single one would end up in the trash can. Because Lord, I know that's what we do in our humanity. Sometimes we just get something from a place and we just file 13. We just throw it right away, Lord. But I pray not a single one would be found in any trash bin anywhere. And that names of people that you have created, that you love so much and that we love, like you, that we would fill these cards with names. We would be faithful to do your work, to pray and to invite. And Lord, we confess tonight before you that an invite can change a life. And an invite has changed lives. Help us be like you, Jesus. We can't do it alone. We don't wanna do it alone. Empower us to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button for more upcoming episodes from Anchor Church. Or visit us at www.anchorchurchcsra.com.